spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, 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 fantastic Friday. This portion of the show brought to you by Parker and Sons Plumbing and Electrical, the two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. All right, uh, Chad is out. Wise man Steve Zinsmeister is in. We're talking election. Uh, make sure you're here uh, today at 4 because we're going to have a press conference. The... Election folks, Bill Gates, chairman of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, the election, they're all counting the votes. They're going to have press conference at four. They'll update us on the ballot counting. Uh, we're going to get a Maricopa County dump at eight o'clock tonight. Wise man, you're working late tonight. You're going to be hosting that. Yes. Uh, starting at seven after uh, Arizona's evening news. So, you know, and through the weekend, make sure that you stay uh, stick with KTAR. We'll tell you who's winning the races, what the votes look like. Uh, and you can also see it at KTAR.com. All right. Let's talk about this uh, race uh, for governor. Uh, right now, it is uh, Katie Hobbs who leads by what? 27,000 votes? Yes. Not a great cushion. Uh, joining us now is our friend Paul Bentz. He's the VP of Research and Strategy at High Ground. Paul, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? Paul, let me make an argument that no one else is making because everybody is saying, and they might very well be right, the late earlies, those who took their ballot and drove to a polling place on Election Day and dropped it off. Most people are saying that's going to go towards the Republicans, 290,000 of them. Um, Let me make the argument that maybe Hobbs will do better than we all think. Um, You know, on Election Day, did some voters come off the bench and say, I can't let Carrie Lake win? Did some independents come off the bench and say, I got to vote against her? Did Republicans actually tell voters, hey, drop off your ballot on Election Day. I don't know. I thought they said vote in person. So I'm just making an argument. Most Republicans voted in person on Election Day. But that doesn't mean that most Republicans dropped off their ballot on Election Day. Gen Z came out. They voted. They're procrastinators. Maybe they forgot to mail in their ballot. Uh, right. Does, 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 does this hold any, I don't know, what's the cliche? Does this hold any water for you, wise man? I don't know the cliche. Ah, what the hell? You know what I'm saying. What do you think, Paul? Well, I think anybody who tells you how they know how these folks are going to vote and what they look like is selling you something. The fact of the matter is, prior to 2020, 2018 and before, these folks, these drop-offs acted younger and more progressive-leaning. And in 2020, they acted older and more conservative-leaning. But what we did just see is a lot of Republicans were converted from early voters to Election Day voters. They wanted to physically show up and vote in the polls. So how does that impact their behavior with the drop-offs? We just don't know. I mean, and it's irresponsible for some of these Republican candidates to go out and say, oh, we're going to win 70 plus percent of these results. Donald Trump, the day after the election from then on in 2020, the highest he ever got was 57 percent of the vote. So for them to say, oh, we're going to win 70, 80 percent. This is a slam dunk for us. That, that's setting something else up because that's not a reasonable expectation. Hmm. So, Paul, here's where Gatos and I differ on this argument. Of the 290,000 people that dropped off their ballot on Election Day, the reason that we believe they're right-leaning, right, is because they had a reason to. They had a former president, a candidate at the time, who was telling them for two years to do this, to to vote on Election right. Day. And you correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that candidates like Mark Fincham and Kerry Lake have been telling people as well, if you don't just vote in person, bring your early ballot and drop it off on Election Day. And that's why we have 70% more people voting by dropping off than before. That's a huge increase, right? So they had a reason. 
I can't find a reason for Democrats to do that. Well, the Democrats were able to bank a bunch of votes. I mean, think about it this way. With so many Democrats voting early, they could move on to the next folks on their list and contact them. That's what Republicans used to do. Hmm. Republicans used to dominate early voting. They would get their voters. They would bank them so they could move on to lower efficacy voters. That's what Democrats were able to do this time. So I'm not a, I'm not going to cede that argument that suddenly it's just Republicans. I just don't know. Yeah. The bigger upset for me is these independents. What are they going to do? Because on Election Day, the independents that showed up and voted in the polls, they did buy the hype. They did lean Republican. But do these drop-off independents go with our polling where they're about 10 points towards the Democrats, or do they go like Election Day and go towards the Republicans? Paul Benz is joining us, Vice President Research and a Strategy at High Ground. So uh, I, was, I was watching some of the math you were doing on Twitter. Um, yes. We know that uh, Katie Hobbs is up by about 27,000 votes or so. So mm-hmm. what percentage of votes does Lake need from here on out to win late needs a little over 52 percent uh she started what's interesting is before that dump last night she only needed about 51 percent um she is certainly doable that's just a slight lean among these maricopa counties they, they, that's why when she's talking about she's going to get 70 percent, she can easily say i'm going to get 55 percent and be well within her margin of what she needs to win this hmm. okay so uh she only needs 52 percent and that and to right. me that is totally doable I mean, that Absolutely. is a, that's a that's not a bad. No, that's a good number for Carrie Lake. If you carry Lake, you like your odds. Well, and I think that's part of the reason why they're, they are acting the way that they're acting. I just what I don't understand is why they're going further. I guess it's to help Masters because Masters has a big problem. He needs 61 percent of all remaining ballots to close the gap. And that seems like a Herculean task. I, I don't see that happening with these late or with these drop offs. Talking with Paul Bentz, Vice President of Research and Strategy at High Ground. Uh, Paul, my, my question to you now is, why are Lake and Hamaday outperforming Masters and Fincham? All Republicans, but yet some of them doing much better than others. Well, I, I think for Lake, she benefits from celebrity. Uh, she's a known personality. I think she always has pulled the best out of everybody. Hamaday and the down t- ticket folks do better because Republicans default, especially if you're making some decisions at the top of the ticket. If you chose Kelly and maybe if you chose Hobbs, you're going to get down ticket and say, well, I'm still a Republican or I'm still still an independent and you're going to bounce back a little bit. I think what we're really seeing is this is more about a deficit with Masters and Fincham than some sort of great strength from Hamaday or the down ballot Republicans. Paul, you look into your uh, crystal ball, the top four uh, by this time Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, who are, who are the four standing in your mind, if you were to guess? I'm putting you on the spot. No, well, certainly I think Kelly's going to win that race. I, I, I know some folks have called it, waiting for the AP to call. I think that's a clear cut. I think your, your point, Gatos, about these Republican leaning for Lake, I, I, right now, barring what we see tonight, if I were to just guess for the, over the weekend, I think that benefits Lake. I do think Fontes wins by the same reasoning that uh, why Kelly's winning. And then similarly, I think Hamaday probably emerges victorious just by virtue of the of the, the margins here. What's interesting about tonight is we're going to get about 17,000 of those quote-unquote door three votes. Those will be heavily Republican. But we're also probably going to get about 60,000 of these drop-offs. And so we'll see what happens here. That will give us a pretty good flavor of what these drop-offs might look like. So you're saying the 17,000 that were put into door three are going to be counted tonight, plus 60,000 drop-offs. Any more from Maricopa County? Uh, 
we're looking at, from what I understand, somewhere between 77 and 87, something like that tonight is what we're expecting. So uh, we should get a little flavor, but understand if the Democrats do well on this drop tonight, it is mitigated by those door three votes. So they actually might even do outperform that on Saturday. But this is sort of our first te- first taste of the of these late earlies. All right. Paul, thanks, man. Appreciate your time. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. Paul Bentz, uh, Vice President of Research and Strategy at High Ground. It sounds like he likes coming on the show. We're fun and you know it. He sided with me over you on that one. Oh, I'm just putting out a theory. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I have no idea who's going to win. Um, well, and he admitted that, know. too. It's not, you know, you can make all the predictions you want. You can look at all the trends that you want. We don't know how the 290,000 drop-off ballots are going to skew. Yeah. No, and I just, I, listen, I just want to make the other side of the argument. The late earlies, you know, defined as the uh, as election day drop-offs. What would, what would have to happen with those late earlies for Hobbs to do well? And I made, made the argument. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying that's what needs to happen if Hobbs is going to win. But Lake thinks she's going to get 60 to 80% of those votes. She may be right. She may be right. We just got to count the votes. Hurry up a little bit. Can they hurry up just like a little bit more? I, you know, all right, coming up next. Uh, let's tell you exactly uh, what we know now. Who's in the lead? Uh, and, and, you know, uh, we'll do some of that. We'll crunch some numbers. We'll continue to tell you. It's like I'm giving the leaderboard. I feel like somebody that's calling like, you know, like a golf game, you know. I feel like Jim Nance at the Masters. I, I'm gonna keep doing the leaderboard. Wise, you did man. some play-by-play before, right? I did one play-by-play game at Syracuse University. Yep, good enough. Uh, and it was not very good. Oh. Uh, so uh, we'll do that uh, all coming up next. Gatos and Chad show the wise man uh, is uh, in today. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. All right, every day at eight fifty, I. Uh, Turn on the uh, Gatos 3000 from my house, and I dial up the Mike Broomhead show, and I give him a bunch of crap for a few minutes, and I uh, deliver the uh, Gatos Big Q. All right, KTAR.com, right side of the page. Here's what I was talking to Mike about today. Uh, Arizona is still counting the votes for the midterm election. I think, A, this is taking way too long, or B, this is expected. Be patient. Is it wrong that I want to answer both? I expected it, and it's taking too long? Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a long time because of the way that the laws are written. We have to count the ballots in order in which they're received. Right. And if we have almost 300,000 ballots that are dropped off at the poll place on Tuesday, Election Day, it's going to take a lot longer. Um, the number one answer, 52%. Uh, this is expected. Be uh, patient. Yeah. I mean, we talked earlier. We could change some of the laws in yeah, Arizona. we could speed it up. There's no doubt about it. Um, but, you know, the the holdup really is is the late earlies. I, I've talked about this, wise man, at nauseum for years. Every time people start to complain that uh, it's taking too long to count, and I'm one of them, <laughs> believe me, I would, I would love to know who's in charge of Arizona and then move on. And, you know, instead of guessing or waiting, I mean, nobody wants to do that. But, you know, when you drop off 300,000 ballots on Election Day, and, you know, they're in an envelope and you got to take them out and then you got to cure them. I don't even know what that is. You got to look at the signatures. Then you got to call people. And this takes time. So we can change some of of the laws. That would be fine. But, you know, at the end of the day, you want it counted the right way. And right now they're counting it the right. The only way they know how they're just following the law. That's it. Is it taking way too long? Of course it's taking way too long. 
Did I expect this? Of course I did. Am I being patient? Nope. There are some states. <laughs> no. There are some states that don't allow you to drop off your ballot on election day. Yes. If you want to drop off your early ballot, great. Do it before Friday, before the election. Yeah. So that we have time. We have three or four days to count them before election day so we can tell you on election night what happened in the election. I'm always making fun every couple years of the people. I goof goof on them. It's not mean or I just goof on you. If you wait to bring your ballot in on election day, I always goof on you every couple of years. And I say, well, you've slowed the process down. Well, and the irony is that the people who are encouraging you to do that are Are Republicans. Republicans. And those are the same people now, at least the candidates who are waiting to find out if they won or lost. They're the same ones who are saying this is taking forever. Yeah. But also, don't forget to bring your ballot in on Election Day. Yeah. Which will slow down the process. Everybody wants to know. We're we're the same. We're just like you. We want to know who won. And hopefully that'll happen soon. I'm open to talking about alternative options for, for the future elections. And quite frankly, we're going to have a very conservative legislature. We've always had a right-leaning like conservative. Uh, well, yeah. This is going to be. They've uh, started to announce some of the members of the legislature who are going to be in Republican leadership as well. And a lot of them are either election deniers or people who are coming up with out there ideas for how to run elections in the future. Well, Carrie, Things are going to change. Carrie Lake wants to get rid of the machines. Mark okay. Fincham doesn't want to vote by mail. Yeah. What are we going to count votes? What are we all going to show up at the poll places? This is what's going to happen. Kerry Lake wins. 100% of us have to show up at the poll places. And guess what? They're going to count it by hand. And guess what? It'll take a year. You'll never get through that vote. You'll never get through the count. It'll take months and months and months. And if you have a tight race, like a lot of our races are pretty tight. Governor race, there's only a 26,000 ballot difference between our two governor candidates at this point. After, what, 2 million votes or whatever it is? Yeah. If your races are tight like that, it's just going to take longer and longer. And imagine you get a recount. The canvas doesn't even happen until December 5th. We're talking about a couple weeks after that. Getting a headache. I just want it to be over. I just want it to end. All right. Coming up next, uh, Peter Seymour is in for Becky Lynn. At about this time at 3.30, Peter's going to read the news. Uh, Wise man, you and I are going to interrupt. We're going to react to the day's top stories. I want you to be as snarky as possible to Peter. I could do that. Okay. Uh, We call that segment Holding Up the Headlines, and it's next. It's 3.30. And you know what that means. Time for us to hold up the headlines. In for Becky Lynn with those headlines. Our buddy, our boy, Peter Seymour. Arizona votes. The count. Well, Gatos, that's how it sounds inside the Maricopa County Elections Department, where ballots are being counted three days after the election. KTAR's Griselda Zatino was there this morning watching the tabulation process. Behind a glass wall in front of me are dozens of election workers. They're spending this Veterans Day processing and counting the 350,000 left here in Maricopa County. And we're learning these election workers and other officials continue getting threats. That is now a part of life for me and my colleagues, and it shouldn't be. And it shouldn't be for all the elections workers. Maricopa County Board of Supervisors Chairman Bill Gates is asking for patience, saying they're following the legal process. We expect another release of ballot results from Maricopa County this evening. Reporting in Phoenix, I'm Griselle, the Satino KTAR News. Holding up the headlines. 
Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. You know, uh, whoever puts white powder in an envelope and sends it to Carrie Lake, whoever's giving uh, Katie Hobbs death threats over the last couple of years because of 2020, whoever's emailing or calling, uh, you know, Stephen Richer, Maricopa County recorder, uh, and, and giving death threats, people are scum. And, you know, it's they're, they're a small group of people, and they're on both sides, and I think we need to remember that. Uh, and it's sickening. And we should find out who they are, and we should throw their rear end in jail. And when you sign up to be an election official or a public figure of some sort, you expect scrutiny. You should never expect violence. You should never expect threats. None of that is ever okay. I, I will comment on the, the workers. The workers are working their butts off. I mean, they're doing shifts of 14 to 18 hours at a time. They're working as hard as they possibly can. We can have discussions about how we can make this process faster or how we can have a higher capacity for counting the votes. Yeah. Let's have those discussions before next well, election. Plus, you have a bunch of election deniers out there who ran for office and, you know, they're fueling the fire. They will get through to those certain people, certain people who will... You know, camp outside of, of a ballot box place at war pants and, and pack heat and think that they're really tough with their rifles. All right. Uh, holding up the headlines, Peter. Well, over half a million ballots are still being counted across the state, the bulk in Maricopa County. But the Republican candidate for governor is promising changes to tabulation laws if she wins. Carrie Lake tells the Mike Broomhead show that she believes most of the voters who distrust the system are more likely to have waited until the last day to turn in their late early ballots, which are the ones counted last. Those are folks who don't like the way that the elections have been run. They don't trust the way the elections are run. Those are people who are voting for me. Lake adds that because of this, she wants to overhaul Arizona's voting system, creating smaller voting precincts and eliminating electronic machines. Ah. Nick Sadowski, KTAR News. Yeah, see, the problem is she told Mike Broomhead this morning that she wants to get rid of voting machines. That's the big change because they didn't work on Election Day. She's kind of right. The printers didn't work right for the ballots. That's unacceptable. But the tabulation machines worked fine, we found out. It was so the printers. If, if you're going to get rid of all machines on Election Day, then how are you going to print <laughs> out the ballots to vote in a hand count? Oh, you a, can't. A hand count of millions of ballots is maybe the worst idea I've ever heard. And you know what? There's no one in that legislature to stop her. And she's not going to stop anybody in that legislature from doing that. So will that happen? I, I'm telling you. There could be a time where we all are forced. The only way we're going to vote in Arizona, we go to the polls. No more mail-in ballots. And no turn, more ma- turnout will be way lower if that's the case. It, it might be. Yeah. I never thought. I thought, well, or you just you, you show up and go, I don't want to be here, so I'm voting against you. But I don't know. I, I just, hand counts, no more mail-in ballots. That could be Arizona very, very soon. We're holding up the headlines. Elections officials continue to plead for patience as votes will be counted into next week. This man, Alex, wishes he had more information about the tabulation process so he could trust it more. If they were a little bit more transparent, and I feel like it would be people would have a little bit more faith in it. But Alex expected tabulation to take longer this year, especially after the time that Arizona took in 2020. I got nothing to say about Alex. You? Uh, uh, yeah. So I got nothing. Yesterday during the press conference, Stephen Richard, the Maricopa <laughs> County recorder, said, we offer tours of the process. You well, can come and see how we do everything. Nobody wants to do. You think Alex wants to do that? We I did know. it. 
I know we did it because we have to sit here and talk about it. But, so it's a reason that we did it so we can tell everybody about it. But if you don't want to do that, I mean, don't sit at home and complain. I, I want to know more about the process. You have options. He doesn't want to Richard said that they do tours for businesses. They do it for uh, public officials. They do it for all kinds of people. If they invite you and me to the tabulation center, surely anybody could go and he'd be happy to answer your to questions. <laughs> They're answering questions all the time. He's responsive. Peter, do we have any more from Alex? That was fascinating. Uh, maybe a little later on okay, the show. Okay, we're holding up the headlines. So how are the key races stacking up in all of this? KTR's Colton Krolak live in the News Center with the latest numbers. Democrat Katie Hobbs maintains a small 1.4% lead over Republican challenger Terry Lake, just less than 27,000 votes. Senator Mark Kelly holds a 5.6% lead over challenger Blake Masters, and Democrat Adrian Fontes also holds a strong lead for Secretary of State, holding on to a 5.4% lead over Mark Fincham. And Kathy Hoffman is leading by the slimmest of margins for Superintendent of Public Instruction, with a 0.2% lead over Republican Tom Horn. Live in the News Center, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. Just doing some rough math. Carrie Lake would need about 273,000 of the remaining half a million votes in order Very to win. Very doable. 273,000 votes she needs. That's a, a little over 52%. That's very doable. It's doable. We yeah. talked with Paul Bentz earlier from High Ground, and he said it's very doable. And a lot of it depends on these dropped-off ballots, 290,000 of them. But will, will, but will those dropped-off ballots on Election Day... Not skew Republican like many of you think. I don't know. I think there's a chance. And I'll tell you, at the end of this, I could still see Fincham winning. At the end of this, I could see Hobbs winning. At the end of this, could Blake Masters pull it up? Never know. It ain't over yet. We got a lot of votes to count. We don't know what people are thinking out there, especially in this weird day and age we live in. Who knows? Oh, Peter's there. We're holding up the headlines. Well, let's uh, see here. The U.S. Senate has <laughs> uh, that's deep thoughts there. Sorry. That's okay, but you know, uh, you're holding up the headlines. You're doing what you said. Thank you. you. Do. The U.S. Senate has Arizona and Georgia on its mind, and now it must wait for a runoff election Is in that, that state. Song? Is that a song? I think so. Something okay. Ray Charles. Well, anyways, uh, watch out for December 6th. Raphael Warnock and his Republican challenger, Herschel Walker, heading to a runoff. Texas Senator Ted Cruz joined Walker at a rally last night. We're in overtime. That means we got a runoff. Hey, I was built for this. President Biden, before leaving on an overseas trip, said there's a small chance Democrats can hold on to power in the House. He denied acknowledging a Republican victory during his call with House leader Kevin McCarthy. That's ABC's Justin Finch. Oh, gosh. The fun part about a runoff, <laughs> it's basically a mulligan. It's basically you redo the election, right? Yeah. So the interesting thing to see, will Republicans change their campaign strategy that they used in the general that got them in a tight race? Will they change that for the runoff? Will they invite Trump? Will they not invite Trump? Will they lean on DeSantis? Will they not? Ted Cruz. These senators we're going to have. We're going to have the guy from Pennsylvania. Poor guy had a stroke. He's certainly not back to where he was before he won an election. Herschel Walker can't speak, and he might win a Senate seat. Yeah, but he does have a badge that shows he's a fake No, it's <laughs> We're holding up the headlines. You're listening to continuing Arizona votes coverage of the 2022 election with Gatos and Chad.
Hey, make sure you subscribe to the Gatos and Chad Show podcast. You can do it right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of the shows. It's the Gatos and Chad Show podcast brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. All right. Uh, to all the men and women out there who have served in the military for this uh, great country that we all live in. Oh, my goodness, you guys and gals are heroes. Uh, please accept our heartfelt gratitude. Uh, you know, on a veter- on Veterans Day, I always like to bring up the story of my family, uh, wise man. Steve is in for uh, uh, Chad. Um, man, I-, I will tell you, I-, I didn't get any courage for my grandfathers who were in World War II, man. <laughs> I just sit in front of a microphone and mouth off. Uh, you know, my family had several veterans. Both of my grandfathers, they were doctors in World War II. And uh, my grandfather's brother, my Uncle Paul, right, captured during the Battle of the Bulge. No. Yeah. And it's amazing because I got the story from my mom uh, many, many years ago. And I, I literally wrote it all down. And I'm glad that I did because it's just it's an incredible story. My grandfather's brother, uh, Paul, captured Battle of the Bulge, right? Um, he was captured and reported missing in action. And you could imagine the anxiety that the family was feeling. He had a little infant son, and nobody knew where he was. He was, he was captured. And here's what, here's what happened. So he's a prisoner of war, but he's a doctor. And he kept treating the injured on the German side. And he basically said, hey, I wanna, I'm a doctor. A human being is a human being. I want to help. And so apparently there was a German commander. This German commander's son was badly injured. And my Uncle Paul said, I'm going to treat him and I'm going to save him. And when I save him, I want you to let us all go. Wow. Yeah. So imagine the pressure my Uncle Paul had to save this German soldier. Um, Not a bad trade off, though. No, if you can do it, because what if you don't save him? You're gonna get. You're gonna be shot. You're gonna be killed. Yeah, possibly. So my uncle Paul saved him, uh, and he negotiated the release of a, a, a bunch of U.S. soldiers. The commander kept his word. If you save my son, I will let you go. And that's. It's just. It's a story that I. I you know. I tell every every uh, year because. They just don't make them like that anymore. I don't know, man. That's just I, I couldn't imagine being in that spot. Here's the other thing. Uh, my Uncle Paul was uh, captured near a bridge, and I think that bridge was blown up by the Germans. And my grandfather always said, he goes, Paul never went. If he had to go over a bridge, he'd go 25 miles in the other direction to get to go somewhere. He just would, assume the worst. He, he never wanted to go near a bridge. He was petrified of bridges. I don't know what happened on that bridge. If he was on it when it got blown up. Uh, when he was in World War II, I have no idea. But for for that one reason, uh, if he were to go on a bridge, you look at him and you're like, there's something going on. And he is completely uncomfortable, starts sweating and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, to think of what our veterans have gone through in all these years. Wow. The courage, the uh, honor. Uh, wow. Just amazing. And sometimes I, I do feel they get forgotten about. Uh, you know, we can talk about it on Veterans Day, and that's great. But the conversation around what we can do for veterans because of what they've done for us needs to happen more often yeah. and year-round. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So if you're a veteran out there, you serve this great country, 
Uh, please accept our heartfelt gratitude. You are cut from a different cloth. There's no question about it. All right.